All right, well, good morning. Great to have you here today. Let me say as well, as I know our other pastors have greeted you, uh, happy uh, new year. Welcome to 2017. So it is great to have you here. Thanks for spending it first with the Lord here at First Baptist Church. Uh, you have an outline. I'm going to invite you to take that out. And um, I know as we have kind of come off of a busy time of year, I know we're uh, out for a brand new start here in 2017. And I thought the words of Jesus that would just give us some peace, that would give us some direction, that would give us leadership on how we should approach this new year would be very appropriate for us. And so if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 11 is where I'm going to be reading from. It'll be Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. It's also up on the screen or it's on your outline. Here's what it says. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? It's light. Well, I hope this upcoming year in 2017 will be one of your best on a lot of different areas, a lot of different uh, angles, but mainly from your growth with the Lord. And how that is accomplished, I believe, is what Jesus says here, right at the very beginning of verse 28, those first three words. In fact, would you read those first three words with me? Come to me. Say that again. Come to me. That's what Jesus tells us. He says, don't, don't necessarily go to your community group. Don't necessarily go to your church. Don't necessarily go to even all the other good places that you might go, the other people who might speak hope and wisdom into your life, even though those are good places to be and go. But he says, come to me, to Jesus. And so you think about all the things we begin 2017 with. Some of you are wanting to start a new diet plan. Some of you want to start a new exercise plan. If you think about all the things we're supposed to do, even the good things that we're supposed to do, the place that you find rest, the place that you find yourself is not about diet plans. It's not about exercise workouts. It's not about even a technique or principles to live by or a plan or a program, but who you come to to find soul rest, true soul rest is a person, and that's the person of Jesus. And so Jesus says, come to me first and foremost. Come to me, and I will give you rest. And so my encouragement as you do that is to leave 2016 in 2016. You know, there are a number of people down here. I know there were tears that were flowing as well. We need to leave 2016 into 2016. We, we sang about a song of, of giving God control of everything that we have. We give you control of this. You know, Paul said it well in Philippians 3.13 where he said, Forgetting what is behind, I press on. 
And so it's good to have a good memory, but it's also good to have a good forgetter too, right? As we enter into a brand new year, drop those burdens at the altar. Drop those burdens with Jesus. Come to him and give them to him and choose joy in whatever you do in this upcoming year. You know, many of us are following President Trump or President-elect Trump, soon to be President Trump, with some of the people he's surrounding himself with in his cabinet, some of the positions he's appointing. I became aware of a position in um, France. The president of France in 1969 created a brand new cabinet post. Here's what it was called. It was called the Secretary of State charged with public opinion. And it kept an ear to the ground, and and the man described the job as, I am the minister of moans and groans. That's what he listened for. He listened for the moans and groans of people. And you know, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to hear those. It's okay to chart those. But we need to move on from those as well. And what a great place to begin that with in the new year, 2017. Again, Philippians, that great book. And remember, let me remind you of where Philippians was written. It was written in a dark, dank, dreary dungeon cell. And maybe today you feel a little bit like you have come there in 2016. It may be a tough, tough year. But Paul says it like this as he's writing these words in that cell. He says in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, what does he say? Rejoice. He says, Rejoice. Again, I say, Rejoice. Even President Lincoln, when he was alive, Abraham Lincoln said, Most people are as happy as they choose to be. And so I pray that you will see the good that took place in this past year, but you will look for the even better coming up in the year to follow. And Jesus is the one who gives us that model of perfection when he says, come to me if you are heavy laden, if you are burdensome, come to me and I will give you rest. And so here's my question. Is that who you are turning to? In fact, let me ask it like this. To who or to what do you normally turn to when everyday stresses build up in your life? And, and these aren't just necessarily the larger ones. These are more the everyday stresses that you have in your life. To who or to what do you turn to when those everyday stresses come about? Now, we're here in church, so you've got to be honest about this, right? And I know most of us would probably say, well, yeah, I, I, I turn to Jesus. Yeah, because that's the church answer that we, that we want to recite, that we want to do. But let me push you a little bit farther on that. Do you really? Is that the first place that you turn when everyday stresses come up? And, and, and why I'm kind of pushing us on this is because sometimes that's not the first choice we go into. When things are getting heavy and stressful, we, 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 we turn to food. We turn to maybe even the television set. We just want to go home and just veg out and just relax. Maybe we turn to a smoke. Maybe we turn to a drink. Maybe we turn to popping some sort of a pill. Maybe we turn to some video that we put on and, or some music or some seating. We just relax to that. Or do we turn to Jesus first? Think about that. Where do you turn? To who or to what do you turn to first? Because those other things, some of them can be good places that we turn, but they're not the best. 
And so Jesus says, hey, if you want to find true soul rest, come to who? Come to, come to me. Come to me. I'm the place that you begin. I'm the first place that you begin. And the reason I'm pushing on this a little bit is because, you know, some of us raced through 2016 with a pretty busy lifestyle. And some of us ended that run, and we're doing nothing different to start the brand new run off yet with in 2017. And if you're doing this and you're doing this right, the phrase, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, should be applied both areas, Lord and Savior. See, many times we're good at calling him our Savior. He saved us from our sins. We know we're going to heaven. We are waiting for that. Someday it will come. But do we truly call him and make him Lord of our lives? You have 365 days in this upcoming year to make him Lord every day. Making him Savior is a one-time event. That's that's salvation. You have done that. Sanctification is the process of making him Lord every day day of our lives. And the first way that that begins to happen is by giving up your control. It's by, it's by placing it at the altar. It's by saying, okay, God, you're, you're, you're it. You're my, not only my Savior, but you're my Lord as well. I'm going to stop being king of the jungle. And I'm going to let you be it. Kind of reminds me of the story about the lion. One day he decides to go to all the other animals um, just to make sure they know he is the king of the jungle, right? And so he bypasses all the little, you know, tiny creatures and such in the jungle, and he goes to the bear first, and he says to the bear, he asks the bear, he says, who is king of the jungle, bear? And the bear says, oh, you are, of course, lion. And the lion roars his approval. Yes, yes, that's who it is, right? And then he goes to the uh, tiger, and he goes to the tiger and says, tiger, who is king of the jungle, the tiger says, oh, bear, uh, excuse me, lion, you are the king of the jungle. Absolutely true. And the, and the lion roars his approval. Then he goes to the elephant. He says, elephant, who is king of the jungle? And the elephant grabs him with his big trunk, and he slams him up and down on the ground. And he throws him up in the air, and then he pulls him, and he puts him up against a tree, and then he dunks him into the water, and then he takes him, and he throws him up onto shore. The lion is stunned by this. He's, he's beaten, he's bloodied, he's, he's bloodshot eyes, and he looks with his bloodshot eyes at the elephant, and he says, look, just because you don't know the answer, there's no reason to get mean about it. And some of us in here want to be that same king of the jungle, don't we? We want to battle, we want to fight, we, we, want, we want people to think that we're it, we're the ones in control, when really we need to come And we say here as we start 2017, come to Jesus. Come to me. And that's where he gives us true soul rest. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, I will give you my peace. I will give you my rest. Look, let me say it this way. The more in control you want to be, the more stressed out you will end up. Let me say that again. The more in control that you want to be, the more stressed out you will be eventually. So we give that control over. We say, Jesus, we come to you. We lay it at the altar. We come to you. Verse 29, 
Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That's not the worldly kind of rest, perhaps. It's a soul rest, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Remember what this, what this yoke is about. Okay, I know most of us weren't raised on farms, and so maybe we kind of have a misconception about what this yoke is. The yoke was a bar that was going between two animals so that those animals could work together. It, it, it's not like a harness to control the animal, to pull it back. It's to make the work that it did easier, and it was to be kinder to the animal. It was to direct the animal and to guide the animal to do the work that needs to be done. That's why I think Jesus used that symbol there. He says, my yoke, hook up to my yoke. Be a part of what I am doing. Let me guide you. But here's the problem. We got some yokes that we hook up to. But I'm not sure that they're the right yokes. I mean, think about this. If you're running and racing hard, if you are, if you are frustrated by life, if you are going through some, so just, just some trying times and it is heavy upon you, which much of life does, you have to ask whose yoke that is. Because Jesus says here, my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. And so think about it. Maybe we are not hooked up to the right yoke. The one who said, I'll give you rest. The one who says, I'm gentle. The one who says, I'm humble. The one who says, my burden is light. Do you think that he would be driving us in that way? That we're driving ourselves? Maybe we're hooked up to a yoke of an unpleasing parent or an unpleasable parent. Maybe this parent hasn't even been around for decades. But you're still driven by that. Maybe it's a, 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 a demanding boss that just drives you. And so you've said, okay, i got to do what he wants me to do. I'm hooking up to that, and here we go. And yet he's driving you in a way that you know you weren't made to be driven. And Jesus says, no, that's not for you. Hook up to my yoke. Maybe it's even something that you do to yourself. Maybe it's your own perfectionism that you place upon yourself and the demand to be perfect in life when you know you can't be. In the midst of all that, Jesus says, no, come to me. And we need to do that, and we need to say, he's the master, he's the Lord. God, you control. God, you are in charge of this. You know, Pastor Stephen, first start off by reading the psalm. I think the psalms are great places to go. Um, Every morning, I challenge you to read a new psalm. Psalm 95, I read that this week. Let me just read it to you really quickly. It, It models kind of what we did here today. It says, come Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He says, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Now, if we can remember that, that he's our Lord, he's the one in charge, he's the one in control, we're just the sheep of the pasture, he's in charge. We don't need to play king of the jungle, we don't need to play God. And as we do that, that's why this spirit of partnership with the church, I think, really takes off in a great way. Remember, the church is God's plan. And I'm thrilled that you are here today, that you've started off 2017 on the right path. We know that some others couldn't be here. Others are sick. Others are traveling. Others didn't make it up yet. Maybe they'll be here at the 1115 service. But, but, but we're here to be reminded that God is in control 
and that the church is his plan, and that we need to be connected to God and connected to his plan, his church. In fact, remember what our mission statement is here at First Baptist Church. It's helping people take their next step in knowing Jesus and making him known. In fact, would you say that with me? If you don't got it memorized, you can look at the screen real quick. Say it. Helping people take their next step in knowing Jesus and making him known. That's what I hope you will do this year. And whatever your next step is, take it. Your next step is different than my next step. But could you imagine if you finish this year and you've not taken any spiritual steps whatsoever? And I, I pray you will take a spiritual step every day that there's 365 steps for you to take. Now, now you say, okay, well, what are some of those steps? In the pew before you or in the chair before you, don't pull this out right now because um, we want to leave those in here for first-time guests. But there's this little card. And if you have not seen that yet, let me go over this real quickly with you and show you what it, what's on here. Um, I wrote it up on your outline. And so it's at the bottom of your outline. The card simply says, how can I get connected at First Baptist Church? Let me go over this very quickly. Sunday morning services. We have, of course, 8, 9.30, and 11.15. I pray that you might make a resolution to be here on time. Hey, there's a new one right there, huh? Right? Be on time. Make that a resolution. I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of, we had a lot of first-time guests come at Christmas Eve. We had a lot of first-time guests come for our Christmas program as well. They need someone to help them. They need someone to sit alongside of them. They need someone to maybe even reach out and say, hey, have you seen this here? Have you been connected or are you connected in some of these ways here at First Baptist Church? I bragged up uh, Gary and Nancy Martin in the first service. Uh, they said they had met some new people a, a few weeks ago. They invited them out to coffee and said, we just want to take you out just to see how you're getting around here at First Baptist, see how we can help you. If our church, if more people would do that, we would have a growing, thriving church. In fact, this city would be impacted if people knew that they could come in and immediately connect to some people. So be here early so that you can help people get connected in that way. Secondly, I put down on there, uh, new at first class, and we'll be letting you know more about that. We're going to do that a little differently this year. Third, a community group. To get connected to one of those community groups is so, so important. Four, Next Step Center. Um, if you don't know information or if you need to find some, it's all located at the Next Step Center, and you can direct people there. Five, Wednesday night electives and the Bi Sunday Bible classes. Uh, if you don't mind, just pull out this bulletin. You can see all the classes that we're going to be offering upcoming here, including community groups that we have taking place after we finish the three-week prayer series. There's no excuse not to get connected. And for many of you, you need to take that step, and you need to commit yourself. In fact, be here on Wednesday night because that's the first spiritual connection that you need is more presence with God. And we're going to teach you what does it mean to pray. Very simple. Don't be intimidated by it. But if you just want to grow in your prayer life and your communication with God and your relationship with him, that's a great place to begin. Six, Facebook, it's on there. We also encourage people, you can watch services online if you're not here on a Sunday morning. Seven, local and global outreach. I pray this year, if you have not gone on the mission field, might be a year that you end up on the mission field. 
In fact, on the back of your outline you, or in the back of your bulletin, you can see we still have some openings for the Honduras trip, March uh, 4 through 11. Uh, and the other things that we do as well around the city, be it far away or be it close by, pray that you will get connected in some of those ways. If you have children or teenagers, get them involved. Nine, serve. One of the best ways to meet people and get connected is to serve. Join the army of over 700 people here at First Baptist who serve Jesus and say, we just want to make a difference in this community. And then the last thing I wrote down there was, if you've never been to the cafe or the gathering place, it's a great place to be, to meet other people, and to get better connected around here. So if you've done those things, great. If there's some that you haven't, that may be your next step. Help someone else take that step as well if you know they haven't done those things in their life and their spiritual walk as well. But wherever you go, make sure that you choose joy. Whatever you're doing. You know, at the end of the ministry of Jesus, at the end of his life, um, when he went to the upper room, he took the role of a servant. As he was celebrating the Lord's Supper with his disciples, he took off his outer garment, and he got down and he washed his disciples' feet, and he said something very unique as he did that. In John chapter 13, he says these words. He says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. In my estimation, my calculation, I don't see any other place in all of Scripture where Jesus says, here's an example I'm giving to you. Oftentimes he did it, he demonstrated it, he modeled it for us, but here is one specifically that he said, I'm giving you this example. Do this for others. And in verse 17, two verses afterwards, he says, you will be blessed if you do this type of a thing. And so my encouragement is for you to not stay stagnant. My encouragement is that you would take spiritual steps this year. You say, okay, you know what? There's a lot of things that you put down on paper. I know some of the values that we have here. Here's the easiest strategy that I encourage you to do. Go ahead and put that up there, Matt. Our easiest strategy is that you will know, grow, serve, and share. Know Jesus in a better way. Come to worship. Come to the prayer times. Come to a place where you can read his word regularly. If you've not been baptized, we baptize over 70 people this year. You should be one who gets baptized this upcoming year if you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, that's the first step to take. You can do that today. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to give you full control. I'm going to come to you, as you say in Matthew chapter 11. But it's to know Jesus, to know him first and foremost. And then it's to grow. And you grow by joining a community group. You grow by joining a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning class. You grow so that you can intake, but then you give that out. That's your service that you do for others. And then you share. You know, one of the most exciting things I saw happening in the last couple of weeks was when people came to the Christmas musical on a Friday night, and then they came back on Saturday bringing someone with them. That's the way to share your faith. You share, you step out of your comfort zone. And, and as I looked at them, I said, didn't I see you here last night? They said, it was so wonderful last night. I wanted to come again, and I had some neighbors who I wanted to bring along as well because I knew that they would enjoy it. 
That's, that's an indication that people are saying, okay, I'm looking out for beyond myself. It's not just about me, but it's about helping others to take a next step as well. Even steps that they have no idea they need to take. I, I pray this year will be a year that not only you take great steps, but people around you do as well. Neighbors, friends, coworkers. That you will help bring them to a place of taking the next step in knowing Jesus in their own lives. So this know, grow, serve, share, if you can just take steps in each of those areas at the end of this year, you will have grown in tremendous ways. And let me give you one other encouragement on this. Um, It's that spirit of generosity. You know, um, thank you, and I, I cannot thank you enough for where in the last month or so our church has come financially. We, we came through the summer months and uh, the fall months, and I told you once a month, I said, here's where our budget is. Here's what I want to make the plea to you. I want to put it out to you. I want to keep you aware of it. And um, as a congregation, God stepped up through you. And there were some amazing, amazing gifts that people gave uh, just sacrificing to say, I want to see the ministry of First Baptist continue on. I want to see the name of Jesus continue to go out. And, and so uh, we don't have all the finances counted up. It's, uh, the end of the month just happened yesterday. But best guesstimates we have right now is that, yes, we're ending the year in the black. And I will tell you that, and I will, we'll celebrate that when that time comes, and I'm able to figure that out with our business administrator. But um, I, I just want to thank you for where you brought uh, your generosity to the Lord's work here at First Baptist. That takes all of us coming together, being faithful, because we realize God has been so faithful to us. Amen? He has been so faithful, so good. And I know if you go back and look at this year, you will see some low points, but you will see some incredible high points as well as you've been taking steps. And let me remind you, our mission here at God's Church stands for helping people to take their next step in knowing Jesus and making them known. And maybe part of that is to get on the team. Maybe part of that is to get on the team financially and to say, I want to be a part of what God's doing around here. But let me remind you, as Jesus gave us this command, gave us these words, let me read them to you again. Matthew 11. Come to me. Come to me. However that looks, however you do that best, early in the morning, a lunch break in the afternoon, evening time before you go to bed, whatever that means. Every day as you're driving into work, as you're driving around town, come to me, says Jesus, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, some of us live life at such a fast pace, maybe we don't realize how much that even keeps us from a better relationship with God. I've read this a number of years ago, but let me share this with you as one last illustration, kind of heading into a brand new year. It's called Satan's Meeting. Let me share this story with you. Satan called a worldwide convention of demons. In his opening address, he said, we can't keep Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from forming an intimate relationship with their Savior. Once they gain that connection with Jesus, 
our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches. Let them have their covered dish dinners. But, but, let's steal their time. So they don't have time to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do, said the devil. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining that vital connection throughout their day. How do we do that? His demon shouted. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds, he answered. Tempt them to spend, spend, spend and to borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade their wives to go to work for long hours and the husbands to work six to seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day, so they can afford their empty lifestyles. Keep them from spending time with their children. As their families fragment, soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures at work. Overstimulate their minds so they cannot hear that still, small voice. Entice them to play the radio whenever they drive, to keep the TV, the CDs, the PCs going constantly in their homes, and to see to it that every store and restaurant in the world plays non-biblical music constantly. This will jam their minds and break the union with Christ. Fill the coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with the news 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Flood their mailboxes with junk mail, mail order catalogs, sweepstakes, and every kind of newsletter and promotional offering free products, services, and false hopes along with them. Keep skinny, beautiful models on the magazines and TVs so the husbands will believe that outward beauty is what's most important and they'll become dissatisfied with their wives. Keep the wives too tired to love their husbands at night. Give them headaches too. If they don't give their husbands the love they need, they will begin to look elsewhere. That will fragment their families quickly. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them return from their recreation exhausted. Keep them too busy to go out in nature and reflect on God's creation. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, plays, concerts, and movies instead. Keep them busy, busy, busy. And when they meet for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so that they will leave with a troubled conscience. Crowd their lives with so many good causes that they have no time to seek power from Jesus. Soon they'll be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family for the good of the cause. It will work. It will work. It will work, said Satan. It was quite a plan. The demons went eagerly to their assignments, causing Christians everywhere to get more busy and more rushed going here and there, having little time for God or for their families, having no time to tell others about the power of Jesus to change lives. And I, get the, I guess the question is this. Has the devil been successful in his scheme in your life? Only you can answer that. Oh, good for you. Good for you. I hope all of us 
can shout no. And only you know. You can look back at 2016. You can say, oh, there were errors. Yep, it got me there. It got me there. It got me there. Only you know. And I pray as you begin a brand new year that you would set it first and foremost to desire every day to do what Jesus says here in Matthew 11. Come to God, I thank you for your promise. I thank you for your goodness. And I pray, Lord, that we would be the first people to come to you. We'd be the people to say yes to the things that are good and of you. We'd be the people to say no to the things that, even though they may be good, are not the best for us. God, we we come to you first and foremost for what you would have us do at your feet listening, bowing, praying, hearing from you as to our steps throughout the day. God, may we be obedient. And even now as we worship to a one last song, Lord, um, may that worship carry us to a different place. May we leave this place not just saying we've checked off the box for the first Sunday of the year, but Lord, may we be motivated and challenged to continue to come to you in everything we do and everything we say. God, I pray for people who are going through storms right now. Because in the eye of that storm, we can find peace, which is where you are. Lord, we look for that, and we listen to you. Hear us now, even as we worship and as we focus upon you, for you to guide and direct our steps for this upcoming year. We give them to you now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.